Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. And now that heart is beating fast And that's the rhythm I can dance to I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to That one big heart that's beating fast Tomorrow morning let it rain Tomorrow morning, let it pour. Tonight we're in the groove together. Ain't gonna worry about stormy weather. Gonna kick old trouble out the door. Beat out old trouble on drum. Beat out old trouble on drum. Here we are on Radical. Australian Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. If nature calls, ASIO knocks on the door, your local bikey gang wants to borrow a spoonful of sugar, don't despair, the program is podcast. Young Dale, the Dower Ed, Dower Ed, whatever the Dowger, the Empress Dowger is here. Hello, Dale, how are you? Uh, you know, I'm here, that's the main thing. Yeah, but, but Dale, you just look so... Ravishingly healthy. Oh, yeah. No, not ravishing, but ravishingly healthy. You've got to be careful these days, what yeah. you're saying. No, no, it's all right. Thanks, mate. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, could see, I could see myself on the Me Too type of uh, hashtag <laughs> if I give this up with you, Dale. Oh, you know, it's just, it's just the heat gets to me. It makes me a little bit not as easygoing as I normally am. Yeah, maybe that's why you've got that red glow on your face. <laughs> it's called sunburn. Yeah, it's not like me. Now, we have an extraordinary guest today. We have an extraordinary young man in the studio with us. Mm-hmm. I actually saw him last Wednesday night and I kept a close eye on him, but it's young Mr. Mario Pozega. Nicely done. Well done. Yes, thank you, thank you. <laughs> now, Mario, we only asked two questions in the program. I'm sure you've heard it. You've, you've, yeah, been, yeah. you've been warned. It gives me by plenty that. of time to ask you some questions later. Nobody asks me questions, Mario. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> if Marisa's trying to get some answers, tell her. Don't bother, all right? Just making sure you're sharp. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a phantom. I'm actually not here, Mario. Mm-hmm. I'm a figment of your imagination. Yeah. And Dale is a figment of your imagination. Mm. You're sitting at home, you've had a bad acid trip, and you think you're talking <laughs> to us. <laughs> now, Mario, what year were you born in? 1978. Excuse me, could you repeat that? 1978. 22, 17. So 30. You're 39 or 38? 39 on Sunday. You ready? You ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Mario. Happy birthday to you. Why were you born so Thank you, I shouldn't have said that. No. Yeah, you totally no. shouldn't have. <laughs> this is a live program. Yes. We're flying on the seat of our pants. Like as soon as I said it, I'm like, no. I'd like to apologise to our listeners for that. <laughs> I sang happy birthday twice today. Oh. I sang happy birthday on the anarchist world this week to the Australian Federal Police for their 100th anniversary. Oh, well, they happy born birthday yeah. to the AFP. Right. Now, getting back to your life, Mario. Mm. You can have a drink of water if you want. Right. You know, yeah. What I like about you while you're having your drink of water is that you didn't bring any notes. 
We get these pretentious guests who bring notes. Oh, really? And we, and we just chuck them away, you know. So it's good they didn't bring any notes. No. No, Mario. Now, we, the other question will take about oh, 53 minutes to answer. Yeah. We've got plenty of time. Take your time. Don't get fuzz, fuzzed by it. That's a new word I've just created, fuzzed. It doesn't exist, obviously. Um, what's the first thing you remember about being on planet Earth? Um, I think I remember being outside. Um, we, I grew up in this, um, on this really amazing street mm-hmm. where there were just lots of kids and they were all my age mm-hmm. and we just used to get up to all sorts of stuff and just play and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think being outside, kind of just having fun playing mm-hmm. around, yeah. Was that here in the city of Melbourne or somewhere else? It was in Springvale. Springvale? Yeah. It would have been amazing in 1978. Yeah. It would have been an amazing place. I used to actually... This is how old I am. I used to see patients in Springvale, 978. And you brats were you all over the street. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was. You would know, yeah. There was just kids everywhere. Kids everywhere, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you had the Vietnamese who just flocked in and the Cambodians and you had the Croatians and you had the Serbs. And didn't have any Italians. We didn't go there. Uh, there were Italians. I had yeah, Italian Italians, mates, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they'd all be wandering on the streets and mm. it was an extraordinary time. And their parents not knowing where, the, where we were. Yes, we knew. Well, I mean, I was a parent. I don't think my parents knew half the time. <laughs> they knew you were on the street. Yeah, somewhere. Somewhere, in somewhere about a <laughs> 20-minute drive away somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember anything specific? Um, not really. I think it was just, yeah, we was just kind of messing around, really. We used to just ride our bikes a lot around and mm. play sports and, mm. I don't know, there was just always someone around. Yeah. You can literally, if you're bored, you just kind of walk in the street and find someone and kind of hang out. I think that's what I kind of remember. Yeah, there was no helicopter parents in those days, were there? Gosh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully. I remember when I was a kid, which was about 20 years before you, or maybe even 30, uh, the parents would say, well, get home before dark, Joe, and this is your eight or nine. Yeah. And, you know, that was it. You just piss off. Yeah, that's it. And you're kind of, you're part of that generation, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You're my kid. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) My dad had a whistle. He had a whistle, did he, when, yeah. when it was time to come in? Yeah, Well, that's whistled. because he was a police really? officer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was. He was yeah. a cop. <laughs> that, that explains it all. But we lived in the bush, and so we'd just go and play oh. in the bush. And mm. when he whistled, if we weren't back, like, and we had to answer, we had to cooey back. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. we'd be in trouble. Yeah. I think my parents knew because we were going to get hungry at some point, so, you know. Well, it works. Yeah. <laughs> so, are your parents still alive? Yes, they are. So we can't say rude things about them. Okay. No. Where were they born in this country? No, they were born in Croatia. Croatia. Yeah. You mean the former Yugoslavia? Well, Yugoslavia. Because when they right. came, there was no such thing as Croatia. Yugoslavia at the yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. So when did they come out? Nineteen seventy-six, I think. So, so like a few years before I was born. Yeah. Yeah. So were they um, political refugees, or were they looking for a better um, life? I kind of asked. So it's. It's actually really hard to get stories from my parents because you yeah. ask them and they just kind of, you know, they don't want to talk or they don't, yeah, yeah they're not really storytellers and stuff, right. but you kind of get it in little pe- bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. And at, at the time, Australia and Yugoslavia set up some kind of agreement where people from there could just come to Australia and work, mm. which I thought was kind of amazing given it was a communist country and stuff like that. But that's kind of how it happened. We already had some family here. Um, an auntie and uncle and stuff. So they just kind of followed. Mm. So, yeah. What type of um, work did your parents take up here? 
Oh, they were just working in factories. Right. Yeah. Um, they come from a small, really small town in Croatia mm-hmm. um, where, yeah, they worked in factories there as well and, you know, kind of lived off the land and as they do kind of in small mm. villages over there. Mm. So did you speak Croatian at home? Yeah, absolutely. So before I learned English. Before you learned English. Croatian yeah. <laughs> is your first language. Well, it, not anymore. But, but it w- kind it w- of, it was the one that okay. I probably learned the most first, yeah. So you're the little Aussie kid who turns up at the primary school and doesn't know a word of English, or did you pick up something on the streets by there? Yeah, but my primary school was full of those people. Full of them? Those yeah. people? <laughs> well, yeah. Those people. We, we used the, the Aussie kid used to be the odd one out, you right, know. Right. So that's how really diverse it was. Yeah, that's why we sent you all the spring bar. Well, well, that's it. The factories yeah. were there. I was quite happy with that. <laughs> you know, houses cost a million dollars now in spring bar. I know. My mum was actually telling me last week. Well, she's right. I tell and you. We I've were, been looking. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I was like, oh, I'd go back there one day. Like, oh, I, yeah, I really sure. enjoyed it. Yeah, not now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you'd have to win Powerball, <laughs> not Saturday. Twice. Twice. I win Powerball when it's... You know, um, high, what is it? Not high, jack, jacked up. And you, if you jackpot, but you can't, you can't do it for Saturday tats lottery. You don't even get a meal for that. You can't yeah. even get a, a decent house these days. What's the? Po- no wonder nobody buys any tats lottery tickets anymore. I, yeah, that put me off. Like growing up, my parents used to play tats lottery all the time, Did they? and they never won anything. You know why? So I'm never playing it because I know. You know why they were playing tats lottery? I've done the same thing. You know, and my parents are the same. You know why? Go on. It is the only way for a poor migrant to escape the drudgery of their everyday life. Yeah, that's true. Actually. It is their dream. It is their yeah. prayer to God. Yeah. You buy your ticket, and if, if you, you're a millionaire until the numbers are drawn. It was so funny, like 8.30 on a Saturday night or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it, to, it was like this huge event, yeah. like calling out, get a pen, get a paper, like yes. this, you know. <laughs> and then everyone had to check it. Like there was like three of us that double-checked it, you know, yeah. to make sure that we didn't... Three of you? Well, what? yeah. Yeah, like, brothers and sisters? Yeah, I've got a brother and sister. Yeah, younger or older? Uh, older, oh, and okay. which is the other good thing about living in Springvale because mm-hmm. I had kids kind of my age. I'm actually quite younger than my brother and sister, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there's five year gap between my brother and seven between my sister. So they look after you. Well, my sister. Yeah, my brother was just who knows where my brother was, but I think he was chasing women at that stage. Yeah, probably. Yeah, he was a teenager. <laughs> I don't think I want to know. <laughs> no, you don't want to yeah. know. Yeah. So my sister, my sister did a lot of caring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because mum and dad were just hard workers. They were well, just that's right. You're a latch, you would have been a latchkey kid, wouldn't you? You would have come home at about mm. when you're five or six and there'd be nobody at home except your sister. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And actually, my mum tells a story now. Of, um, there was this, when I was really, really small, my mum used to work afternoon shifts and my dad kind of worked during the day. Mm. So there was a period of time, I think it was about an hour, where I was left alone in the house because mm. there was no one to care for me. Oh. And it's funny because I'm a community services worker. And if I heard that now, I would be probably encouraged to report my mum <laughs> for neglect or something. But it's just kind of what they had to do, you know. It was life. Yeah, it was life yeah, back I, then. I, just, yeah. I, get, I, get, I really get pissed off with community service workers, but I'll talk to you that privately about that. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. I'll pro- I probably agree with you. Yeah, so, no, yeah. no, I don't want to hear about that. Cool. I mean, uh, look, you had to do a lot of things in those days to survive, you know. Mm. You didn't have the childcare. You didn't know anybody. You know, you just and you had to pay the bills. It was mm. that simple. You know, yeah. It wasn't conscious neglect. No, not at all. No. Yeah. All right. Let's get him back to your. So, where did you go to primary school? Um, it's called. It was called Sandown Park Primary Sandown School. Sandown Park. Yeah. It was. It's mm. kind of. We lived right near the racecourse there. All right. Yep. yep. Yeah. 
But since then, it's changed like, I don't know, five, six times. I don't even know what it's called anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, yeah, I ended up going back to do some work there, actually, which is quite interesting. Right. Um, Would be. Yeah. Do you recognise yeah. any of the teachers? The one teacher who was my grade six teacher, mm. who we thought were, was really old and needed to retire back then, <laughs> <laughs> was still teaching. What was it? Twenty years later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we, I was just like. Ugh. And did yeah. she recognise you? Did you say he, Maria? Hey, did he, he recognise you? No. Nah. Nah, no. I was kind of the quiet kid in class. Most yeah, of the yeah. And you were there yeah. to investigate his teaching techniques. <laughs> That's <you>? right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so did you excel at anything in primary school? Um, I don't know. I think I was just kind of an average kind yeah. of kid. Yeah. yeah. Just I was good through. at sports, I guess. Uh, what type of sports? Soccer, tennis. You play wobble. Of course. In That was the sporting spring Valley. Yeah, yeah. What's the club again? What's the Croatian club down there? Uh, there's a f- few, yeah, because there's feuds, yeah, yeah. So there was one probably nearest Springvale was Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that was the congregation yeah, of they, the community. They all, they all, yeah. yeah, they had the they had the red and the white insignia for their clubs, and nobody knew what it meant except the Croatians. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that was the funny yeah. thing. What I used to do, I, I used to take my son when he was younger to uh, soccer, yeah. And I knew all the clubs and I knew the political background. Mm-hmm. What I liked about the Croatian club, you get there about midday and they'd all be pissed. Oh, absolutely. All the males anyway. Well, it was more than soccer though, because yeah. it was just the place where the community congregated. Yeah. So it was, you know, all the kids played there and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. it was just, so did, did it was pl- kind of that. Did you play yeah. in a team or did you play just at school? I played around? at school mostly. Yeah. yeah. You weren't good enough to get into a team, obviously. No, I was, and my mum wouldn't <laughs> let me play, actually, because um, I, I, I'm actually, I was um, born with a heart problem. Right. So, kind of, yeah, my mum was concerned that if I... You don't look like you've got a heart problem. I know I don't. I mean... This is half the problem. This well, <laughs> is yeah, one of these hidden disabilities. <laughs> yes, that's right. A heart pro- You were born with it, or did you acquire a streptococcus infection? No. Uh, <laughs> I was born with a heart issue. And Do you want to tell us what issues? it is? Well, it's really complicated. I don't no, no, really hey, this wanna, is a complicated. I don't really want to go, go all through the way it. To all right, okay. Um, so, but, yeah. so obviously we call it a congenital heart condition. Yes. Okay. So I spent right. a lot of time in hospital when I was right. born and stuff. Yeah. So how, how much time did you spend in hospital? Um, I think, according to my mum, mm. it was the first kind of much of the first six months right. I was born mm. but then after that kind of doctor's appointments all the time and right. all that stuff right. Right. so but I was act- I actually felt really good growing up mm. so I didn't know what all the fuss was about in some ways right. but it was just like this impending doom was coming right. <laughs> kind of right. stuff right. and that's the way mum kind of approached it well, <laughs> so I, I need to take care of him and yeah. you know that yeah. kind of well, obviously. which is totally understandable for yeah. a parent to yeah. think yeah. That, so yeah. what did you wander down to the Royal Children's all the time what did your old um, Monash it was the old I forget now. It was the one in the city, but it got knocked down. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, Peter McKellen. Prince Henry's? No. Prince Henry's was in the city. Jesse McPherson? Maybe. Yeah, there was a, there was, there used to be, there were five hospitals in the city. There was Jesse Mack. Yeah. Jesse McPherson, which was in, uh, near the Trobe Street, I yeah. think. Not far from the State Library. Yeah. Then there's uh, then there was Prince Henry's, mm-hmm. which is in St Kilda, which is on uh, St Kilda Road, and that got knocked down. Jesse Mack got closed down. Yeah. And there's a Royal Melbourne, which is there. St Vincent's, which is still there. 
I don't know. There was one. And then the Alfred. Was it the Alfred? I'm at the Alfred down, but it yeah, wasn't the Alfred. It wasn't the Alfred. Oh, yeah, well. I just remember they doing yeah. these big treks into the city. Yeah, yeah. 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 And my mum counting the stations because she didn't speak English. Right, right. So she didn't know how to actually read the station name. So she used to sit there literally and count. Yeah. And I didn't know. Like, yeah, I would have been just the annoying kid trying to get, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to help yeah. But did you get a milkshake or an ice cream for being a good boy? Yes. What, <laughs> yes. Did, you, what did you get? Um... I think a mix of stuff, probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah probably all that. Excellent. So, yeah. Well, that's good. That's good yeah. to know that. And lollies and ice cream yeah, and chocolates. Yeah. That's the great it. thing. I used to be sick too, but I won't tell you about that. <laughs> and that's the great thing, because you wouldn't, you wouldn't care about the doctor visit. No, who cares yeah, about, about that? that? You'd just care about, am I going to get an ice what cream? What am I going to get for What am I going to get an ice there? cream? Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's the way it used to be. <laughs> yeah. All right, so... Did it have any impact on you in primary school? No, 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 it didn't. Like, even, like, through high school, it was relatively small impact. So it's kind of impacted me mostly the last kind of five, six years. But primary school was great. Great, yeah. 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 It was really fun. Any teachers you want to uh, abuse? No. Don't use their names, no? No, they were all pretty good, actually. Even Mm. if I wanted to. Even if I wanted to make something up, I don't think I could. You could. Mm. Yeah, I don't remember any, yeah. Nothing, nothing. So it was good. Yeah, it was good. Having all these funny kids running around. (laughs) That's right. Getting up to no good. Playing what ball. (laughs) Trying to graffiti and all this kind of stuff. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So uh, you move on, what, to year seven? Yeah, and then we moved house. You moved house. um, We actually moved to Wendover Hills at that point. Very nice. Appidly mobile. Yeah, but so boring. It's so boring. It is so so boring. boring. We it's got right there the and it's like it's way. boring. Yeah. There's nothing there. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's the end of the freeway. You turn, yeah. you go off left and you go to Endeavour yeah. Hills and you've got the shopping centre. Yeah, and oh, it's kind no. of what people did at that time, right? So people who would live in Springvale for a while yeah. would then yeah. kind of go yeah. that way, like Endeavour Hills way or Berwick yeah. even now and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Well, the Once way, they kind of, yeah. you know. The ways we go to Bulleen and Doncaster and yeah. that sort of thing. yeah. You didn't go to Endeavour Hills High, did you? Uh, yes. You did? <laughs> yes. What year did you start? Year seven. So the only reason I went there, because yeah. I had no idea about the schools, is the guy across the road who I was mates with went there. Right. So That's I just fair. pushed. Fair I yeah. just put like, and then I got there and I'm like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> it actually no longer exists. No. It's been demolished, it's been which is not a sign. blitzed. Which is kind of a sign that the school you went to isn't the greatest thing in the world. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so what was what was life like for a young lad at Endeavour High? Um, so that was a technic. It just finished being a technical school. Mm-hmm. So um, it was pretty much like ninety five percent male, mm-hmm. um, and I wasn't used to it because I was so used to diversity in primary school and Springvale and all that kind of stuff. Where Endeavour Hills was like completely, or not completely, because there was still kind of, you know, diversity there, but it was very different in terms of its feel. Yeah. It was white bread with a bit of sesame seed. I yeah, pretty not, not multi grain as pretty it was much. Spring That's yeah. the best way to yeah. probably put it. Yeah. <laughs> so how did how did you go in high school? Uh, probably underachieved. Underachieved. Yeah. Um, I was yeah just kind of the average kid, but I probably underachieved um, in terms of high school. Yeah. yeah. We have a listener. Ooh. Actually, somebody's actually listening to the Radical Oh, wow. You can't believe this. Because he has helped us. Malcolm, who's a listener, has helped us. He said the hospital we were looking for was Queen Victoria That's hospital. the one. There yes. you are. Because Jesse McPherson was the maternity section of the Queen Victoria. Oh. 
That is the one, yes. Yes, the missing one. Well, thank you very much, Malcolm. It's good to know we've got one listener out there. Yes, thank you. It makes it all worthwhile. (laughs) And then we'll get one person listening to the podcast. Yeah, that's right. You'll do really well. Yeah. So... What do you mean you're under cheer? Was it because of health issues or because... No, uh, not even that. I, I, yeah. I, I, there was a, like early high school, I was good. I was mm. all right. And then later on, I kind of, I don't know, probably just wasn't as interested, really. What do you mean? Um, I don't know. What's I just didn't on? find what I really wanted to do. And I kind of didn't find a real 15, passion. What do you mean, no passion? Didn't you like woodwork or metalwork? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Yeah, and I wasn't the technical kind of kid, right? Uh, so yeah, yeah. I got there and it was all just, yeah, like woodwork and metalwork and plastics and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I just wasn't, it just yeah. wasn't a good fit, really. Yeah, I think you're my type of man. You see that? Yeah. That's <laughs> a broken finger from trying to change a tyre. <laughs> yeah, I can. You're, I my, can, you're my type I of man. I can sympathise, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're, like that, you're that type, would you? Yeah. yeah. You're good to see. <laughs> So, so I just, yeah, just none of that. Yeah, it just probably wasn't a good fit, really, looking yeah. back. Did but you, yeah, it was all right. Did you do the whole five years? Um, so then, years, so yeah. what happened is um, up to year 10 was mm. at Endeavour Hills, mm. and then they did this stupid thing where they merged like three schools mm. together and then made only one school the VCE school. Right. But our school was considered the rough school and all that stuff. So wow. we off we trot to this new school, and everyone's just looking at us like we're the you know the barbarians. Yeah, yes. that's right. Barbarians of church. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So I had to we had to then kind of adjust to a whole new school and all that yeah. stuff, was that, which was in Hallam, which is still like Hallam. Yeah, you went from Endeavour Hills to Hallam. Yeah, that's even. I was at Hallam yesterday. Why? Oh, sorry, question, yeah. question, sorry, sorry. Well, look, mate, I was actually in Bitten, <laughs> Helen, you know. Yeah, so... The things you don't ask a man, okay? So they actually got... <laughs> <laughs> no more questions, no more questions, I'll be... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they got rid of that idea pretty quickly, actually, because they realised it just didn't didn't work. So, so yeah. you continued at Helen until year 12, or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what happened at the end of year 12? Um, so probably year 11 and 12, I was probably going through some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, yeah, probably looking back kind of quite depressed. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's why another thing I probably kind of underachieved. Um, I got a TDR, I think it was like 16 or something. Right, yeah, that's okay. And, yeah, yeah. like, yeah. It so mean, I kind means, of... means you attended, basically. I attended and I tried to do some stuff. But yeah. it was pretty crappy at it. So. Were you on medications for your heart condition during um, high school? I was on some. So I'm on, I started warfarin. Mm. Um, do you know what school? warfarin is? Oh, I know what warfarin is. So warfarin is blood thinners. It's rat sack. Well, rat sack, yeah. yeah. Um, that you, humans. That you then have to go get blood tests kind yeah. of every week so or so. So this was at high school you started warfarin? This was actually, I started in primary school. In warfarin? In grade five. So... Um, so was who was dosing you? Was the company dosing you or your doctor dosing the you? The doctor. So I used yeah. to go to... Right. Yeah, my dad used to pick me up and then go to Monash to get blood tests, Yeah, which is quite, actually quite out of their way. Yeah. And then kind of, yeah, would get the dose there. And they dose you there. Yeah. So there's some days, some weeks, you may be going two or three times a week if the warfarin was a little bit um, uh, skew. Yeah, yeah. Well, it could be, yeah. Mm. Mm. And so. other weeks, you could have two weeks rest <laughs> between right. being pricked. Yeah. yeah, that's very hard for a young man. 
Yeah, it kind of was. Like, I, I think, yeah, because it was just such a disconnect kind of how I was feeling and what was happening around me. Mm. I think kind of that was my experience. Mm. I'm just like, oh, do I have to? Because I'm actually, you know, I'm yeah. playing soccer and I'm, I'm running around and all this kind You're of stuff. You're playing soccer and warfare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what am I going to do? <laughs> Did you do any heading? Did you head the ball? Yeah. Whoa, <laughs> we could have had a brain hemorrhage. Oh, then what do you, it's, it's, either, it's either that or don't do anything and then that's no, not No, no, that's either. fair enough. It's yeah. Fair enough. Well, you're, a, you're a better man than I am, Gunga. Then I would never. Yeah, I know, I know about warfare and I dose people. I know what yeah, it's like. Yeah, but you know what? Like, I, they put me on this. This is what doctors do. And Excuse apologies, me. apologies, <laughs> apologies. Some not doctors, you. Some doctors. Some doctors. Yes. Like, especially, um. Specialists, they're the worst. Well, specialists. Um, my, yeah, they would kind of give you stuff, yeah. but they wouldn't explain no. what it is or any of that and kind why of stuff. Never, and right. even if they did, you know, my mum understood some stuff, understood, understood, didn't understand yeah. other stuff, kind of thing. So, and they didn't have interpreters. They didn't, you no, know, all no. that kind of stuff. No, no, you wog should know how to speak the language. Yeah, That's we should just, you know, just absorb it through osmosis. That's right. <laughs> When no one wants to speak to us, we should somehow learn it. That's yeah. right. You know, when they say, come here, dag, yeah. bolt, dago, yeah. croat, kraut, goes on and on. Yeah. It's all right, Dale, we're just reliving the good old days, <laughs> Murray and I. The good old days, you know. Yeah. At least we weren't New Zealanders. That's all I can say. It's all right. No comments. Okay. Yeah. So, obviously, um, when you left high school, you're not in a good space. So, what did you do? Um... Oh, gosh, I, I feel really sh- ashamed to say this. I actually went to TAFE mm-hmm. and tried to do marketing. Marketing. Because I had... Fair enough. At least you didn't have to use a hammer. There was a few mates, yeah. There was a few mates that kind of, again, it was just kind of like, oh, yeah, I've got to do something. I might as well go and try and do that. And oh. then realized very quickly that I didn't like tricking people into buying stuff. So I kind of got out of there as well. Excuse me, were you developing a moral conscience at the age of 17 or 18? Yeah. That's yeah. pretty sickening, you know. <laughs> I know. How dare me? How, how dare me question stuff? How long, how long did you last in marketing? <laughs> oh, I think I was there for like... I actually like some of it, but I think I was there for like two years. And two years. I kind of just went... Mm. No, it didn't complete the course. wasn't for me, no. No? No. So you're 18 by now, 19. So what, 19, and then um, I was just working for a while and... and and that's when I actually had my first episode of really getting sick. Mm. Um, How old were you? I think I was like 20, 21, 22. So, know, so you, like you had kind of sailed through, mm. obviously, you know, medications, warfarin, yeah. depressive illness. And, you'd, you know, you'd sail through if your parents help and your sister's help. Yeah. And then you get to 22. And you're still living at home when you got really sick? Yeah, I was still at home. Yeah. So yeah. What, do you want to tell us what happened? Yeah, I just... I, it's what kind of what always happens with with me. It's kind of I just get really fatigued, mm-hmm. and then it kind of just yeah. That was the first time I really had felt that exhausted and tired and all mm-hmm. that stuff where I just couldn't I couldn't um, make work happen anymore. Like mm-hmm. I had to kind of stop, mm-hmm. and I which was really scary because I had never kind of experienced that it's to true. that level. Yeah. yeah, I don't think people really understand um, the fatigue that comes from heart failure. So, describe to me how hard it would be to get out of bed. At that time? Yes. Uh, pretty hard. Um, but I've, I've, bed has never been that difficult for me. It's just mm. the everyday, 
it's just that heavy feeling like you just feel like someone's just on your shoulders all day. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it felt like. Right. And that was the first time I actually felt like chest pain and kind of real shortness of breath, breath and all that right. kind of did stuff. You, did you swell up or not? No, never just, had that issue. Just the chest pain? Yeah, it was just feeling a bit, yeah. So then we started to kind of explore transplant at that oh, time. Hang on. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> well, this is how it's, normal it is for me. So. Yeah, this is what I mean, the T word, transplant. Look, it's 4.29. This is uh, <laughs> Radical Australia. We're about to do a heart transplant. Dale is scrubbing up. Uh, <laughs> we're speaking to Mario Pozaga and... Um, Talking about heart transplants. You're 22. Yeah, but you, you go to the the Alfred then. You know, yeah, yeah, I was at the you, Alfred. You turn up at the Alfred. Yeah. And when was the first time this was raised with you? When I was about eight. So at eight. you know when they first started doing transplants. Yeah, yeah. They were already talking to my mum about yeah. doing that, yeah. and I've actually got a letter at home. I think I was about nine, or I can't exactly remember nine, mm. ten, something like that. Yeah. It was a letter to. I think from the specialist to another doctor or whatever, mm. kind of already suggesting that Maria might be suitable for a transplant. Might kind of. be suitable. I well, yeah, be. because they they kind of assumed that I would get really bad really quickly. Yep, yep. So it was just this kind of right. thing. So, yeah, even back then, and well, credit to my mum, she just went, no way I'm a, am I doing that. Right. Yeah. yeah. No wonder you were depressed. Well, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, yeah. I mean, there was always... It's kind of just this thing kind of around. Oh, this thing around. Not that I knew what a transplant was at that age, no, really. No, but you would have known by the time you were 15 or 16. Yeah, yeah. yeah you knew it's serious. Yeah, and it's kind of that thing of, not that it's anyone's fault, because I think that's what no. specialists are supposed to do, but they, mm. this thing of, you know, you're gradually going to get worse and all this kind of stuff. So it was kind of just this mm. thing that was there and, Constant. you know, fear and all that stuff. Right. So you... Twenty-two, back at the Alfred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said, "Hello, Barry." <laughs> yeah. He sat you down, did they? Yeah. Did they have that the caring look that I've no, I? No, I have to years? say the no. my medical team are the best. I'm not even going to excellent. Yeah, well, that's I've what had I a, want to hear. That's one of the reasons. Yeah, I yeah. I don't have to worry about them at all because they've been amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. they are amazing. I'm very lucky. They are amazing people. When you get into a super specialised unit, especially mm. in a large public hospital, yeah, they are. Very good. It doesn't yeah. matter what the chronic disease is. Yeah, they are very good because they do the job mm. all the time. And these days... And they've even got social skills, so yeah, they can actually yeah, talk yeah. to you about stuff. Well, yeah. they've psychologists, <laughs> they've psychiatrists, yeah. they have social workers, yeah, they have yeah, case yeah. managers. Yeah. It goes on and on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's happened to the good old days when we just had nurses and doctors? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, yeah. So... What do they say to you when you're 22 and you're going through this period? Um, they kind of just, I think they were just kind of a bit concerned. They kind of said, well, it looks like things have gotten worse. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to, they ended up doing like a assessment for a transplant. So what that is, is basically four days of tests, like all day. Like what? Give us um, a few examples. Of like it. MRIs, mm-hmm. um, all these kind of scans. Um, right. You know, like ultrasounds, you know, all this kind of stuff. Yep, yep. Um, so it was just constant teeth, you know, like just basically everything. Yep. And then they kind of decided, well, things are not as urgent to do a transplant yet. And there's also a huge risk for me to do that. Yeah, like you could die. Well, it, but even on top of that, like mm. my conditions and all that stuff make it even more risky. Why, so, why is that? 
Um, because my I've got anatomy that isn't kind right, of usually where it's supposed to be. Right. So I've kind of got stuff all so over the place. So you've transposition of... Yeah. yeah. So um, they mm-hmm. kind of... Yeah, so there's so always... it's technically difficult. It's not going to be an easy transplant. Yes. So it's not just the rejection factor... No, but, but, but on, top of, on top of all that, it's the actual procedure of it. Yeah, it's going to be so very technically very yeah, so challenging. Al- yeah, mm-hmm. so it's always kind of been there, but they've kind of... Um, always try to be really cautious mm. with that. So, so um, when you were 22 and you're going through this period, did you actually come out of the period of this extreme fatigue? Yeah. So I kind of, I, th- I think I just needed to stop working really, and mm-hmm. um, I kind of just, like physically, I got out of it. I think mentally, it kind of left a bit of a scar, which took me a bit longer, mm-hmm. probably. So yeah, um, yeah. So probably a few years, I was kind of just. So what did? Were they good enough to take you off the new start allowance and put you on a disability support pension? Oh, yes, and it was so... <laughs> <laughs> I had to do the disability support pension process last year because I stopped working last year. Oh, well, we'll, go, we'll come back to that yeah, we'll yeah. later on. Oh, but I mean, I it, can, I, we can do a whole show on this. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've got to fill out the bloody forms. Oh. And these days, they don't trust the local doctors because... No. They've got their own hacks. Yeah. Well, let's go back to 22. But so did you, mm. go on a, did you go back to work after this period? Uh, no. So I, I was on disability support for a while right. and then trying to figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, went to, I went overseas, actually, because right. I felt so a bit where better. Where did you go? I went to Croatia just mm-hmm. to see... Family or...? Well, met all my family there, mm-hmm. but also just kind of had a look around. Mm-hmm. Um, so I find yeah. this very interesting when you meet your family for the first time. <laughs> did they actually look like you? Did you look... Do you think you're looking to a mirror? No. No? Some oh, of them, what's going on? Some of them. Oh, my uncles, actually, yeah. My uncles on my dad's side. Yeah. Um, were probably, I could go, I could probably pick them from the street and go, I reckon we're related. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my mum's side is completely, doesn't look anything like me. Well, yeah. It's a bit of a worry. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> I know, that's what I mean. It's only a bit of a worry. It's not a major worry. Well, my my brother takes more takes after them a bit more, so, yeah. Right, right. And what mm. was your Croatian like when you went back? Yeah, it was good. Um, and it was actually really interesting. I felt bad telling my parents this, but they used to say, you actually speak better Croatian than your the parents Croatians. do. Than your parents do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so my parents would ring them up and they're just like, we have no idea what they're saying half the time. Because... They've obviously adapted to Australia as well, so yeah, they're yeah. speaking like half Croatian, half English and yeah, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah so it was but actually, it's kind it, of funny. But did they say that you, you speak old Croatian? That, uh, uh, because that's what happens to a lot of migrant kids. They, uh, they yeah, learn from their parents yeah. and things move on as far as the language is concerned. They go back Absolutely. and people go, wow. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I don't... Don't speak all the slang and all that kind of stuff. Nah, so, nah, I, I, yeah. But I think they were just happy that I spoke something. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I think I they just expected this kid who was born in Australia to just, just not no, speak No, no, so you could understand all the things they were saying about you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Except, yeah. <laughs> Which meant they had to do it behind closed <laughs> yeah, doors after right. a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, it was good. Yeah. yeah, I remember the old Italian because I, um, I think my parents' Italian was just terrible. And uh, it, was actually sl- it was actually a dialect. Your parents? Yes. Oh, yeah. And I was... Um, <laughs> I was giving a paper at an anarchist conference in Milan in 1981. Wow. And every time I was using the word Cristiani, there'd be a, a bit of laughter in the audience. <laughs> and what I was doing is I was using the old-fashioned 
term for people, which is the Christians, because there's no other people. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. only the Christians. Only Christians, yeah. Instead of the popular, <laughs> instead of the people. I was yeah, using, yeah. And maybe, I don't know if you've had any of those experiences when you went to Croatia. Uh, I think, yeah, I've probably had some stumbles like that, but I think yeah. everyone was just too lovely to, to kind of yeah, say anything. So. <laughs> yeah. did, they, did they know about your health issues? Um, yeah, I think my parents are very... I think my family in general, even overseas, I've realised they're very private mm. kind of people and I think they probably didn't tell everybody about right. kind of what was going on for mm. me um, for whatever reason. Mm. Um, so, yeah, but I was, yeah, like a lot of them knew about it kind mm. of in some ways, yeah, and I would kind of tell them, really. Yeah. Well, it's under what's that lazy bastard doing sitting there? Well, yeah, and kind of explaining my life circumstances at the time of why aren't you working and what are you doing and mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it was yeah. yeah well, you want a lawyer or a doctor? Though, a bit concerned. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> How long were you in Croatia for? Six weeks. Six weeks. What did you do about your warfarin? Oh gosh, so you would know this. I don't know if other people at home would probably realise, <laughs> but I um, I had a plan with my GP here that I could call him if mm. I needed to. So I went over there and spent the fair, like two weeks, and then I thought I better get myself tested. Mm. So I waited till I went to my parents' town, mm. which isn't very big and the hospital's small. But I thought I'm going to stay here for at least a week because I'm going to be with family, so I'll get it tested. So I got it tested, and you had to wait like a day or two before the results came back oh, and no, stuff like that. Yeah. And my INR, I think, how much? Was how high? Like eight. Eighteen. 18? Yeah. You should have been dead. No, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If somebody slapped you on the back too hard, yeah, yeah. or if you fell over, yeah. how'd you get to 18? I'm not sure. I don't know. I Is didn't start drinking. I didn't, no. Yeah. It's, I, 18. I think like travel or different climate, different I've never food. I've heard of 18. 12 is the highest I've ever yeah. stuffed it up. Got, it got that high. 18. It got that high. So and I just went, oh, oh, I don't even know what. Yeah, and until yeah. I, later I realised I should have probably been dead at that point. Did you revert it or did you just Well, yeah, stop? I just stopped taking it and yeah. I, I tried to... Uh, the doctors there were actually really good. Yeah, yeah. So every time I went there for my warfare, and it was actually really nice. They were actually really good and yeah, kind yeah. of, yeah. I said 18, miracle boy. 18, and they're just like, <laughs> you have to stop for like three days, yeah. <laughs> no more. Well, if you got back anyway. Well, I got back, yeah. yeah. So did you did you... Come away with any um, lessons or thoughts about going back home? Um, or going back to your parents' home? I actually felt a huge sense of belonging there. Um, more, like, heaps more than, say, the Croatian community in Melbourne or Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's such a disconnect between yeah. the community here and actually the people over there. Um, in a lot of ways, this, look, Croatia's still got a bit of ways to go, kind of stuff. But um, the, the the disconnect and the difference between over there and here is just huge. Mm. And I actually felt like I was more comfortable over there, to be honest. Yeah. Like I don't really, I'm not really in the community here at all. No, no, I can't understand because it can be a very fractured community. I've had a number of mm. friends and patients from the Croatian community and. Uh, I've heard them say horrible things about their fellow Croatians. <laughs> oh, it's not, it's, yeah, it's not even, it's that, and it's just hyper-nationalist. Hyper That's um, right, yeah, yeah. Just um, where exactly. you actually, a, a different thought is actually just not accepted. Exactly. So it's kind of just, a, it's a difficult yeah, space yeah. to be in. I just go to soccer with my, par- with my dad and my brother just to yeah. kind of, 
hanging yeah. out with them and stuff. But that's that's, that's, it. that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, going back to 1991 when the troubles occurred when yeah. Yugoslavia, you would have been what? You're about about 19. No, I was only 13. 13. Or 14, did, yeah. did that did that affect you? Did that affect well, your yeah, parents? Well, yeah, because my my parents' hometown was right smack bang on the front line. Right. Of all that, so that had that ended up having um, being taken over by the Serbs at that time. Um, so their village pretty much evacuated, mm-hmm. and who wasn't who didn't evacuate kind of was got killed really. That simple. Well, yeah. So a lot of my my family ended up getting out of there um, and going to the capital. Did, it, did any of your family die in the conflict? No, luckily. Mm-hmm. Um, mum, mum, and dad knew kind of friends and stuff like that, but luckily, kind of no family. Um, but it was ca- like it was. We felt it at home, you know, like because there was such panic about worry about you know how how everyone is and all that stuff. My parents, I think, I remember getting like them getting like eight hundred dollar phone bills because I was just constantly on the phone, mm. kind of over mm. there to family and stuff. So I don't think I don't think we understood here the brutality of what was happening uh, it for was, some time. It was uh, it was just it, I don't even know the word like brutal. Um, just really awful in terms of what people were doing to each other. Yeah, I remember I was interviewing a young man from um, Bosnia, and he was Muslim, and he mm. said, uh, he said, uh, as soon as the militias came in, people they'd lived with for a hundred years turned on them. Yeah, absolutely. Just like that, bang, hundred years yeah, of so interaction. It w- like this was a war about neighbours that mm. turned on neighbours, best friends that turned on best friends, you know, all this stuff. So. In that period of, we had these leaders that were kind of, you know, fueling all this stuff, yeah, and yeah. it just got divided on on, nas- on ethnic lines, really. Not even ethnic, because I mean, I wouldn't know what the bloody saying. Well, stuff. I'd probably get run out of the community for saying that, but yeah, like <laughs> on religious lines or on you know yeah, all on that religious kind of, lines. It was on religious cultural lines. Cultural lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, but, but if you did DNA. I mean, yeah. you know, the old story, you've got a Serb, a Croat, and a Bosnia, it's a Govnia. Yeah. You look at them, they look the same. Yeah. yeah. But it was absolutely brutal, like, in terms yeah. of what was going on there and just the trauma and stuff. Mm. So um, what, what year did you, re- did you first go to Croatia? 2003. Three. Do you Three. think things had healed then, or there was just this? Um, it was still rebuilding, so... I think in Croatia, or anyway, yeah, Croatia, the war had stopped mm. at 1996. Right. And my parents' town ended up kind of getting retaken, really, by the Croatian. Mm. Um, so a lot of the people just moved back and built from the ground up. Like, their Starting houses were again. just basically destroyed. Yeah. And um, just thinking of one particular family friend of mum and dad's, he just like. I, he went to the exact same spot where his house was that was no longer there and just built it with his own kind of yes, hands. And yeah. it's amazing, like, just mm. the resilience of it all. Mm. The people just, you know, this is my hometown, this is kind of That's where right. I lived, and this yeah. is where my family grew up, and this is where I'm going to live. That's like the tragedy. Yeah. It's all over, whether you're, whether you're from Kosovo or, yeah, yeah. you know, Montenegro or Serbia or Croatia mm. or Bosnia. Same process everywhere. That's it, yeah. It's like a, it was like a period of collective madness. It really was, Yeah. Like, mm. and it's, it just got whipped up, like, just that nationalism and mm. all that stuff. And I think, you know, Yugoslavia probably wasn't, there was always an undercurrent of 
possibility that this might happen, mm. you know, even through history, you know. Historically, yeah. There's just, it's like another thing that probably people won't agree with me with, but it's basically a whole bunch of siblings that don't like each other very much and, mm. you know, it get played out really. Oh, well, that's right. It's where the in a really awful way. The, yeah. Ser- the, the Serbian Orthodox Church, the Ottoman Empire and the uh, European Catholic Church kind of mix. Well, yeah. Where they kind of... Yeah. Pushing horns. And in Bosnia and Herzegovina, mm. Yugoslavia probably worked the best because it was more multicultural than, say, Croatia or mm. Serbia or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Serbia wasn't really that multicultural at all. Like, no. But, um, yeah, there, there was, there was mm. a bit more multicultural. People actually had those mm. relationships and stuff. Mm. But it's amazing how that just disintegrated and turned into what it was like so when you came back uh, did you pursue work or were you just not up to it um no i kind of that's actually i when i got back i was like okay I, i'm ready to to kind of do something and i didn't know what but i kind of was interested in kind of it was actually the time or oh, i don't think it was a before or after but i used to really be interested in the heroin Epidemic that was right. kind yep, of yep. in Springvale. Remember, they used to have like a toll on, toll the, paper on the top of the Herald Sun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So hey, I you know, it, re- it beat the road toll one year. I was so impressed. <sighs> yeah. Right, so I remember watching this road toll, uh, this road toll, this Heroin. kind of toll and stuff. And I kind of, yeah, so I kind of got interested in kind of social issues and stuff and, um, yeah, ended up doing a youth work course because someone mm. kind of found it for me, really. Right. I thought, I'm just going to give this a go and kind of mm. did that. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I loved it. So how long did that last? Uh, so the, I think it was like a Cert 4, right. so it was like six months. six months. But I met the most amazing kind of woman who was teaching it and kind of just got me motivated, really. Right. And did that lead to something? Once yeah, so I did the diploma and then, yeah, I've just been working kind of in that area for... What, heroin or...? On, uh, more young people, mm-hmm. but with that, like a whole bunch of kind of different stuff. So what, what are the main issues that you're asked to deal with? Well, it's kind of different because I actually started working in Springvale and Dandenong. That's kind of where I kind of was doing a lot of work. So I was actually doing a lot of close work with the refugee communities at the time, so South Sudanese community mm-hmm. and things like that. Mm. Um, and just, the, you know, the disadvantage, the poverty, like, you know, the racism, um, kind of listening to young people kind of talk to me about how they're being harassed by police and all that stuff, which wasn't, it was worse than what we used to cop. Like, no, it was much worse, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So we, I, it was still kind of well, familiar because people were, we're being we're, harassed back then. Yeah, as well. we were the same colours. But it was yeah, heaps, yeah, heaps, heaps worse. worse. We were the same colours, only when we opened their mouths they knew, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> they weren't sure. Yeah. But with South Sudanese. Yeah, it was yeah completely different level mm. kind of stuff. Mm. So, mm. You think um, that settled down? No. <laughs> no, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, You're no. the youth worker. <laughs> well, no, and, and um, yeah, I don't think it has, and I, you know, it's it's all over the news and stuff as well mm. still, and mm. just kind of how that community get portrayed and and all yes. that. It's very mm. much far from the reality of things. Yeah, I was at a South Sudanese conference last week. I think it was Saturday. They were actually launching a number of books. Yeah, quite interesting. They had a lot of um, information about the community. Yeah, it's twenty uh, over twenty thousand Su- South Sudanese living in Melbourne. Yeah, mm. and it and, and it was really sad because I mm. I was probably the only like in some cases I was the only white Australian that they knew. Yes, yes. You know, and I remember like part of my 
kind yeah. of role or job, whatever you want to call it, yeah. was actually to try and help get young people into empl- employment. And in that time, I think it was about three or four years, yeah. not one South Sudanese yeah. young person was yeah. employed. Well, it's quite, uh, like it's it's quite interesting going to this um, conference because I think apart from two, three of the guest speakers, I was the only European, mm. or maybe there have been two or three, and there would have been at least 100 members of the South Sudanese yeah. community, and also members of the Sudanese community, mm. and they get on. Um, so in many ways, so it was, it was quite interesting that there yeah. weren't... It was an open thing. There weren't that many other Europeans. Mm. So when did you wander into 3CR? Because I've seen you <laughs> around. Um, last year I got... Last really, year? Last year I got really, really sick. So I, right. I ended up having like... Th- uh, do you want to know? I of don't course know. we want to know. So I had like three and a half litres of fluid on my heart that had to be Three drank. and a half yeah, litres. So How pericardial effusion. How could you breathe? I couldn't walk from here to the door, which is probably like three metres. Yeah, yeah. Um, I literally thought I was going to die. Like I just, I went to sleep by night and went, that's it. I'm not going to get up in the morning. Did, did um, you do anything about it before you got to that stage? So it was a re- this whole thing was reoccurring for like four months. Right. So I was in and out of hospital the whole mm-hmm. time. This but at its worst, yeah. it was three and a half litres and I had to drain it. Yeah. But that took a whole, that just... Could you, could you explain to people, because they don't understand, mm. you've got your heart. And you've got your covering, which is a pericardium. Yeah. How much fluid you, would you really have there normally? None. None. Yeah, exactly. You shouldn't have, yeah. You should have none. Yeah, you've got yeah, your yeah. heart and you've got your yeah, covering. Yeah, yeah, and you've got the little, now you had three, three and, and a half, half litres. So I want people to imagine, get three and a half litres yeah. of milk. You had this surrounding your heart in this sack yeah. that could burst at any moment, yeah. which was putting pressure on the heart. Yeah. So the heart couldn't beat properly yeah. and was put, putting pressure on all the arteries on the heart to yeah. supply the oxygen to the heart. Yeah. You're in deep shit, man. Uh, really bad. Yeah, yeah, it that's was, worse than uh, INR of 18. It was the worst I've felt yeah. ever. Um, yeah. So um, that was like this whole four-month saga. Well, really. Were you still at home or were you living independently at this time? I live with my wife now. So with your wife. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so I got really sick and, and the whole thing just took a lot of capacity out of me. Excuse me, when did you get married? We missed that. Married? You said you live with your wife. Yeah, I got married in like 2013. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, she must be a wonderful woman. Yes, she is. With you. Absolutely is a wonderful woman. Do you, yeah. you want to mention her first name or is that taboo? Uh, Beck. Yeah, it's Beck. Beck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, hello, Beck, if you're listening. Yes. You know, so how did she feel about you kind of going to lie on the bed saying, I'm going to die? Uh, yeah, like, you know, obviously it was a distressing kind mm. of time. Mm. Um, but yeah, I kind of got through that and, and had to stop working because I just had no capacity. Mm. But I wanted to get involved in something and I just thought, I'm just going to go volunteer at 3CR. Yeah, but um, you must have heard about 3CR. Oh yeah, like I've known for 3CR for ages. I just haven't had the energy to do it because I've always been kind of trying right. to sustain work and all right. that kind of stuff. Right. Right. So it kind of gave me a good opportunity to get involved and I'd, I just wanted to do like admin or whatever. I didn't yeah. really care yeah. what I was doing. I just kind of wanted to so be involved. What, hit the front desk or what type of work? What well, type of volunteering have you been doing? Yeah, so I do admin now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got my own show. Oh, we've, I co-host a show. Oh, yeah, I'll talk about it. Yeah. We're going to the admin. You must, you must be shocked at how bad they are at admin here. Oh, well, I'm, I'm part <laughs> of... If, if admin here is bad, then I'm part of the problem. Are you so, part of the problem, yeah. eh? No, no, it was bad until you joined. That's what yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Sorry, Dale. We shouldn't criticise the station. Hey, you're the one criticising, not me. Don't say we. <laughs> yeah. Well, you are the producer, Dale. You're responsible for what Do I say. Do you want me to turn your mic off? <laughs> well, it could improve the interview. <laughs> so, going back. All right. So, you had your first show last Wednesday. Mm. You and that other woman. Yes, Maurice. Maurice. Yes. Yeah. What's it called? It's called Chronically Chilled. Chronically chilled. Yeah. Chronically chilled. What? Yeah. Is this, this, is this a reference to cryotherapy or something? <laughs> <laughs> it's a show. It's a show about um, chronic illness and invisible illness. So um, when I when I kind of met with Leanne from who's the volunteer coordinator here, mm-hmm. she kind of just said, "Do you feel like you want to present anything?" And I just never thought of that. Before, but I ended up doing the training, and me and Maurice just kind of sat next to each other, mm. and then realised that we had both yeah, got stuff same. going on, and we yeah. were both kind of. It was a difficult time last yeah. year, yeah. so never would have imagined that having like doing a show about this stuff, but mm. it kind of just fit really. I heard glowing reports of your first show. Did you? Yeah, I did. I did. Oh, I was shocked. I mean, <laughs> I was shocked. I mean, I mean, the, the, I mean, because people like Dale and me, we do our first show, and people just go, "Oh yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, it needs improvement." And here I am. You this, you did your first show with Maurice last Wednesday. Was it Wednesday night? Yeah, it's the first Wednesday of every month. First Wednesday. What time? A six, six, six to win. Six to win. Ah, uh, just 6.30. So 6 to 6.30. 6 to 6.30. Half an yeah, hour, yep. Yeah, yeah. So you're taking it laid back, eh? Because you're doing about chronic illness, you can't do it every week, can you? That's pretty much, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's pretty much it. We wanted yeah. to make it sustainable. Sustainable. So we wanted sense. to, yeah, to make it, yeah. So we did it live, so yeah. we're hoping to do it live all the well, time. Congratulations. But I've realised I need to practice panelling and talking at the same time. No, you so do that's a bit I of do. a challenge. You get somebody else to, <laughs> yeah. to panel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I've right. been here 40 years and I've never touched a button. Yeah, no, okay. I do lie. I did touch a button once and I put the station off air, but that's a different story. <laughs> Which is why you're not allowed there anymore. <laughs> no, no, they, they're trying to get me to go there and I say when I retire, I'll learn. <laughs> I hope never to retire. Cool. But um, no, 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 I'm telling you now, mate. As a, as a man, man to man here, man to man talk. Oh, Forget gosh. about Dale. Man to man talk. Not sure. I, I want. I, I like where this is going. <laughs> no, no, no. This is going the right way. There won't be a hashtag on this. Mm. <laughs> man to man, you want to do good radio? You do it live. Yeah. And you get somebody else to panel operate. Yeah. I mean, I'm being serious. Mm. Because you've got to concentrate on what you're doing. It's kind of part of the fun for me, though. What panel like operate? Yeah. Like I want to panel. No, like I, that's really. Like Did you actually? Some people can can do more than one thing at once. Yeah, but he's yeah. a bloke. No, no, right? no, 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 he's no, a bloke. No. I don't buy into that. You don't buy into that. <laughs> 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 right. Yeah. Really? Do you actually enjoy learning? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Panel? That's like one of the things that I wanted to learn the most. Yeah. And, and you enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And have you told the psychiatrist the Alfred about that? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I don't have one. Uh, right. Oh, well, yeah. that's that problem. It's like driving the Enterprise, you know? Is it? Can, yeah. No, not really, but, you know, yeah, you can imagine. Not, but we yeah. can pretend. Yeah, exactly. yeah, we can pretend. Oh, well, look, congratulations, you're a better man than me. <laughs> I, mean, I find it's a chore. Anything technical is a chore. Mm. Now get, so what are your plans for the future, apart from staying alive? I don't know. I don't really, yeah, I don't really, I try not to kind of go right. that far because I don't really know... What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm just kind of trying to stay well, really. Right. And what does that entail? Um, so I've, yeah, I cut back working. I do little bits and pieces, which I really enjoy, actually, mm-hmm. right. which is good. 
Um, and yeah, probably just, you know, like it's cliche, but probably just listening to my body a little bit. And if I'm tired, I just take a day off kind of stuff. And I make sure that everything I'm doing now, it's kind of people know about it. I'm really honest about it. So, and kind of have permission to kind of just do what I need to do kind well, of stuff. Well, you're quite right. You're just like the, um, the person who comes out of a car in a disabled spot who looks all right and you're going to hit them with uh, your walking stick. Oh, totally, yeah. Yeah, and you're in the same position. I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, what a healthy specimen. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know? well, that's the thing. That's, yeah, and everyone's like, oh, you look so good. And I'm like, well, if you knew what my body was doing, you yeah. probably would be surprised. Um, but, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the thing. And, and it, it really does mean that you kind of have to advocate for yourself, mm. which is hard. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, you think, oh, he's got a fake chronic fatigue syndrome. Or, That's you it. Know, he or, can't or be med- that bad. Or, yeah, Look or at med- him. Or, or Mediterranean back. You yeah. Know, <laughs> all the old cliches. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. he's, yeah, yeah, that stuff. Well, I think I think this program you, you and Maurice doing is, is really invaluable. No, oh, thanks. Because, because it's actually tapping into something that most people are not familiar with. Or talk about, like, because mm. that's the thing. Like, if every, like I was saying, I actually talked about this in the show. Everybody knows somebody with a chronic illness, mm. like, and somehow it doesn't get talked about. No, it doesn't as much. All get talked about properly. Talking about about over four million people. Yeah, in just in a population, and you would know better million. than anybody. That, that's yeah. right. Yeah, it kind of just, but there's this silence around it, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, people talk to us. Well, Mario, we've been given the sign by Her Highness wow. the Dowager. The that hour, went quick, of course, yeah. because we we our strategy is to relax you and then <laughs> humiliate you. <laughs> so, look, thank you very much for no an worries. excellent conversation. I'm sure people have learned a lot, and if they haven't, bad luck. It's their loss. <laughs> No worries. So Thanks for having me. Yeah, we've been. Uh, uh, thank you for being a guest on the show. I haven't had you, and I have no intention of having you. Okay. <laughs> I have a thing about people saying that. And can we just remind the listeners yeah. again what time your program's on? So it's the first Wednesday of every month, um, from six to six thirty. So chronically chilled. With Maurice and Mario. Maurice and Mario, yep. The two M's. Thank you very much. <laughs> we'll listen in next week. And thanks, Malcolm, for putting us on the right trial. <laughs> Find my way back home